You're listening to Nicholas Acosta, host of the podcast Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Nick sits down with guests to talk about real estate and how it works. Enjoy the episode. Good morning, everybody. This is uh, Nick. This is Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast, coming to you live from the Duncan Room here at the Citrus Club in downtown Orlando, where we talk to guests about how real estate works. Uh, I'm Nicholas Acosta, a licensed Florida realtor with EXP Realty here in Florida. Please make sure to share, like, and comment on this post. Also, subscribe today on Spotify. Um, it's the 18th floor here of the Citrus Club in downtown Orlando. You can reach me at downtown.expert or 407-508-8809 or Facebook and Instagram at Home to All 101. Um, today, I have another incredible guest, as always, uh, Andy Tolbert with the Make Money Simple podcast, as well as andytolbert.com um, to talk about real estate investing. You can reach her at andytolbert.com. Uh, welcome to my show and thank you for accepting my invitation, Andy. How's it going? It's going awesome. How are you doing? I'm just trying to share the feed real quick on my Facebook. Oh, no worries. It's all good. Okay, right post. I forgot to switch to the upstairs network, so it's going a little slow. Post. Okay. Should be all good. That's so awesome. How are you doing today? Doing well. Um, it was a very awesome Monday. Uh, like we talked in pre-show, uh, Lee and I, my spouse and I, we went to Universal this weekend a second time. That was pretty cool. Um you know, I think everybody, people in, in general, I think, are adapting to the requirements. And obviously, that's you know, if they don't follow the rules, they can be kicked out of the park. But I haven't seen anybody get ejected. And the employees have actually been pretty helpful throughout the park. One, to make sure you have your mask on, and two, that you're doing social distancing. And three, you know, just letting everybody know that you know that they're grateful for us cooperating. So that's really cool. That I, that I think. So, how about you? Well, my husband figured out the loophole on the mask thing really quick. If you're munching on popcorn, you're allowed to take the mask off while you're eating. So he just walked around the whole time with the bucket of popcorn eating. Well, that's a cool idea. <laughs> I like that. Or I know yeah, they said you could you could move your mask to take a drink. And I was like, in first, I was like, oh, how thoughtful of you and how nice of you to let me drink my drink by taking my mask off temporarily. So it's all good. Your, your $15 drink, huh? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> We went on the first pass holder opening day, which was the Wednesday, a couple days before you went, and all of the full liquor bars were closed. So we were like, what? This is what we came for. What do you mean they're closed? Yeah, it's like being at other theme parks like uh, Disney, like Magic Kingdom, where it's pretty much a, a dry park unless you're in a restaurant. So that's kind of weird for Universal not to have the alcohol available for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's all good. So, Andy, with that, I wanted to ask you, uh, what are some of the advantages? So we're going to talk about real estate investment for anyone listening or watching today. So what are some advantages, Andy, of real estate investment and how can they help you in your in your life? Well, we my husband, Tim and I, we've been in the industry forever. I got in the mortgage business first back in 1995 and then in 98, I got my real estate license. And Tim got his mortgage license in 98. So we've both been kind of knee deep in this industry for a long time. Um, I'm a real estate instructor. I teach uh, my, my three main topics are mortgages for the real estate professional, 
real estate safety, of course, everybody kind of knows me as the safer agent brand. And then, oh, I, I keep getting big and small. Ooh, I know, I'm trying to get, it's not, it won't let me. Uh, there you go. There we go. Hold on. I know. We can leave it happen. I'm not saying. Um, and then I see real estate investment. So I ran the real estate investment association here in town for about 15 years between the two of them. So, but Tim and I over the years have kind of developed a little different thinking pattern than what a lot of people do. I'm so let's say, for example, you've got $50,000 in the bank and you're going to go buy a new car and you've decided maybe you listen to Dave Ramsey or somebody like that who says all debt is bad and you're going to walk onto the car lot and you're going to drop 50000 and drive away with a free and clear car because you don't want to pay 2 or 3% interest, which is what car loans are at right now if you've got decent credit. What we do instead at the end of the, you know, five or six years or even seven years now that you've paid for that, that you would have paid for the car. What's that car worth in five or six years? Oh, that would be worth way less than what you paid for it for sure. Yeah, Maybe 15. Yeah. We drive Jeeps. They actually hold their value pretty well. But, you know, the average $50,000 car six years later is worth maybe 15 or 20,000. Right. Instead of dropping the 50 and paying cash for the car, what we do is we go, we finance the car and we go buy another rental property with the 50 grand. So now what's happening now around here, we're not buying anything for 50,000, but 50,000 is a really good chunk of a down payment on something. And then you go use the power of leverage to pay for the rest of the property. So now my car payment I don't even know. My car payment might be 700 bucks, but my rental property is clearing me 700 bucks a month after expenses. So my tenant is paying for my car. And at the end of my five or six or seven years, however long I financed it for, the car payment now stops. Now that $700 a month from the rental property is going into my pocket. And I own that property for the rest of my life or until I want to do something with it, obviously. But that's, um, we kind of look at things different. We look at, have an income stream to cover all your toys. So you want to go buy a boat, you want to go buy a car, you want to go on a cruise or something. I'm fine with using debt leverage instead of cash, as long as I'm putting the cash someplace that's going to create me back more revenue than I would have spent with it, if that makes sense. No, it does. I, I really like that idea. You're giving me ideas in my head as we talk about this stuff. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So if you can make, you know, a 15 or 20% return on your cash by investing it in a good rental property, why would I not take out a loan at 3%? Basically, I'm borrowing money at 3% from the bank for my car, if you want to look at it that way, and leveraging into returning me 15 or 20% using that money. So if I pay cash for the car, I would have been losing, you know, 12 to 17%. Free money. I love it. No, everybody. That's that's an awesome thing to do. I mean, that's uh, that's just giving me ideas of what how to re-strategize my my uh, way of doing things in life. So, money is still like you said coming in from your other sources, like by having that rental investment to be able to cover your 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 fun stuff in life and not have to be broke because you put money like say you bought a fifty or some people that buy a hundred thousand dollar cars because we know that most cars like my dad always had a. Uh, his favorite car was a Porsche Carrera that he always had. And we know he, 
you pay like 90, well, you used to pay 90 grand for a base model, one of those. And as soon as you drive off the lot, they say you lose like 40 grand in, in value when you take it off the lot. So you're already in the, I guess, in the, in the hole already as soon as you leave that dealership with that expensive car. So I completely yeah. agree. And huh. what, what could you lease it for? Lease it for? They lease would probably lease on those more expensive cars. Yeah, it's probably like maybe nine hundred, a thousand dollars. All depends on your credit. Mm-hmm. Price. I, guarantee, yeah. I guarantee you, I can make you way more than a thousand bucks with that hundred grand if you let me go play with it in some properties. That's awesome because we're gonna have to talk about that sometime this week because I'm really interested. My, I'll just share with you guys and share with you too, Andy, that um, uh, my late grandfather, uh, of course, different generation, but he had, had he was a general contractor. Um, he used to in South Tampa in Davis Island near downtown Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, they used to uh, he would build. Uh, well, one of his businesses was to build block homes, and then he would you know turn around and sell them. And those were the days where the price tag was like thirty thousand dollars or less than what it is today. And they were pretty big houses, and they were custom for thirty grand. Um, but he also they had uh, built several apartment buildings, and then they had built some quadplexes. And duplexes and some other some, some other apartment buildings on within that island, um, which you know a couple of years ago my family decided after my grandfather passed years later they decided to sell it all to investors that were looking to buy the properties, uh, but that was what he did. I mean he was he never actually raised the rent or anything like that. He was very you know old school. They wanted an affordable place for people to live. They were in great condition. I mean he went above and beyond for the amount of money that they paid his tenants paid in rent every year they would update. I mean, they wouldn't go like super fancy with the kitchen because they were just apartments, but they would upgrade the kitchen every year and repaint and redo everything free of charge basically, because they weren't obviously paying and getting enough rent coming in to pay for it. So out of his own pocket, he would do that. But my point is that I come from a family of investors and that's what I'd like to get into like they were in. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, we're we're actually in the um, investigation phase on doing some construction ourselves since it's getting harder to find properties. We're looking at maybe just building some. Um, when now the other thing is when your family sold all those, they sold them and they put a whole chunk of cash in the bank, which is well and good and great. But then you got to pay a big old tax bill on that cash too. Right. And where are you going to put that cash that's going to give you a return? You know, our banks are paying point. Zero 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 one right now. Right. Yeah. So the other thing is, instead of selling them, they could have sold them to an investor on owner financing. Then they would have continued to receive instead of receiving rent, they would have been receiving mortgage payments every month. They would have become the bank. Right. And no longer have any maintenance or repair issues or anything because you are, you know, FBC Mortgage or Chase Mortgage. Chase doesn't come fix my toilet when it's broken. Right. Nope. <laughs> they just say, whatever, mail us our mortgage yeah. payment the first right. month. It's your problem. Right. So a lot of investors, especially as they get older and they get a little burned out on the day-to-days of being a landlord, selling with owner financing is an awesome option. If you like the income but don't like the work anymore, that's a great option. Um, I got a couple little notes I made because sure. I've got some I have some numbers I want to go over. And I'm not good with numbers in my head. So I made that's all good. Go ahead. Yeah. That's awesome. So there's a couple of reasons. And I always like to start with why real estate is the ideal investment. And ideal is an acronym, I-D-E-A-L. So I is the income. By the way, there's 
three main ways of investing. One would be what we call wholesaling. Maybe you've heard of that. Mm-hmm. So a house is worth a hundred. Most investors would pay 70 for it. I can get it under contract for 60. So I turn around and I flip it to you for 70. I never touch it. I don't do any work. Then you do the work and then you either turn it into a rental or you try to sell it. So wholesaling is I buy it extra cheap, sell it to another investor a little less cheap and pocket the difference. Rehab and retail is where you go ahead and fix it up, put it on the market and cross your fingers for an end buyer. Um, There can be more spread in those, but there's also way more margin for error. If anything, you know, if you messed up on your repairs or my favorite is usually we're in and out of deals in less than three or four months. I had one that took 11 months once because it was the year we had the three hurricanes come through. So for like five or six months, I couldn't get anybody to work on my houses because everything was destroyed in all of central Florida. That that's unavoidable. So you've got to make sure in your numbers, you've allowed for what we call the oops factor. And then the third one, the thanks, Mateo. He said, great information. And you also Uh, here too for you. That's pretty cool. The, The last one is the one I'm really focusing on right now. And that's keeping the stuff as rental properties because listen, I've done all of them. I've done lease options, wholesale, retail, short sales. I've done everything over the 20 something years we've been investing. And what I look back at, in fact, you mentioned Eola Heights historic district. My Mm -hmm. very first deal I ever did was at the corner of Cathcart and I forget right right at where the historic district starts. Okay, and I have no idea where that is. That's cool. When, when all the dust settled, I made 1200 bucks. It was a wholesale deal. We just got it under contract and flipped it to somebody else. I made 1200 bucks. But remember, this was back in the 90s. So 1200 bucks was a little different back then. Yeah, and, right. and we were in a different financial situation back then. Now 1200 bucks, they'd be like, yeah, let's throw it towards the next cruise for the drink package or something. But back then 1200 bucks, you know, we were both working at a retail store. So that was like a, almost a month's salary. So it was huge back yeah. then. But I look back at all the properties that we've flipped over the years and I'm like, man, what would that thing be worth now? I, I don't think I should tell you. I want to say I'd have to look up the paperwork. I want to say we sold our contract for one hundred thirty-two thousand. How much is that thing worth now in Eola Heights? Oh, probably five, six hundred, depending on. I don't know the property size or the square footage of it, but it's probably when I just uh, for example, like you're talking way about more than one hundred thirty-two, though. <laughs> way more because the other day I think I put just for the heck of it, I put. 350, 350,000 and this minus sign in MLS. And, and I would put in the Yola Heights or whatever. And uh, I only got one hit, but it was a property oh, that was distressed, severely yeah. distressed. That was it though. <laughs> yeah. Now, if we had managed to figure out a way to finagle it, to keep that property for, I don't even, what are we talking now? Over 20 years, how much appreciation would we have gotten? Uh, how, how much income would I have gotten now for renting that thing over all these years? So that's my one thing. I look back and say, man, if we had just figured out a way, not even to keep all of them, what if all we did was kept one third of them? So for every two you flip, figure out a way to keep one. How would our situation be different now? And it's, it's scary, frustrating, it's sad. And it's like, at the time, that's what we needed to do. 
Right. I needed 10 grand in the bank way more than I needed $300 a month back then. So I, I'm not, I'm not mad at myself for selling it, but it's like, man, I wish we had, I wish our eyes had been more open and we would have figured out a way to keep more of them. Right. I agree. But in real estate, back to the ideal, the I-D-E-A-L, the I is income. And the income can either come from flipping the house and putting some chunk of change in your pocket today, or it can come from the long-term rentals. The biggest challenge with the flipping and putting the big chunk of change in the pocket today is it is the highest taxed income you have. It is taxed at your normal, like a W-2 job, highest tax bracket. The other problem with it is let's say I flip a house today. I put $10,000 in my bank account, woo, 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 walk away from the title company with a check. What happens tomorrow morning? Well, tomorrow morning, you're unemployed. Right. You wake up tomorrow morning and know there's no more checks coming in unless you get off your tail and go out and find another deal. Right. And right now, deals are not easy to find. You can talk to anybody in any of the hot markets. It's hard to find good deals. So if you've got one, maybe don't give up on it quite so quickly. So the I is income. The D is depreciation. When you keep a house long term, you actually get to take depreciation on your taxes to the IRS. So you're saving on other money. Like you work a job and you make some income, but you also have this depreciation. It might wash itself out. Right. I have friends who are super, 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 super wealthy and pay no taxes because they take so much depreciation, it offsets everything. So depreciation. Uh, the E stands for equity. Equity, we all understand equity is the difference between the mortgage and what it's worth. Right. Most people, how they think of equity is however much they put down. So when we're working with buyers and, you know, I'm a realtor too, I got to walk through to tomorrow morning and a closing tomorrow morning. So when we're working with buyers, they look at a $200,000 house. They say, we're going to put $20,000 down. We're going to get $180,000 loan. In their mind, they have $20,000 equity. And that's how most people think of it. And then in a couple of years, my value has gone up. My mortgage pays down. My equity grows. But what if you buy that $200,000 house, but it's already worth two fifty dollars the day you buy it just because you bought it as a good deal? Right. So now instead of $20,000 equity, that seller just handed me $50,000 worth of free money and said, here, I can't use this anymore. I want you to have it. Thank you. I'll take it. Right. <laughs> um, I had one, I think it was two or three years ago. We bought one in Deltona and after all repairs and everything, I'm into it for like 117. And a couple months later we refinanced it. Uh, we had to pay cash for that when it was a weird situation with the auction at the courthouse. So we didn't, we didn't have time for financing. But when I went to refinance it to get our money back out, it appraised at 195 and we only had 117 into it. Hmm. And I have a tenant in it and I'm making like $750 a month off of it. Please, how many more of those can I do? Right. How many would you do? Oh, definitely a lot more. Exactly. So they <laughs> handed me what, $80,000 equity plus I'm making $750 a month off of it. So the E is equity. The A is appreciation. We all know that Central Florida, our market appreciates very rapidly here. We've still been running. It, it's hard because being an investor so long right now, like wholesalers are sending me deals and I look at them like, I didn't buy in that neighborhood when I could have gotten it for 30. You want me to pay a hundred for it now? Right. 
So sometimes being in the business a long time is not a help. Sometimes being new, you would look at it and say, hey, it's worth 150. I can buy it for 100. And you would go make money. I look at it and go, I remember what I could buy for 30. I'm not paying 100. <laughs> so right. that, that's been one of our challenges. And then the L is probably, I mean, income, depreciation, equity, and appreciation. All of those are awesome reasons for real estate right off the bat. But when we add the L, which is leverage, to me, it makes it a no-brainer. And what that means is I can do it all without my own money. So last year I did, I'm not doing a ton of deals because I'm really picky, but the deals I'm doing are amazingly sweet. So last year we only did two deals. I did one up in Crystal River and I did one in Pine Hills. The one in Crystal River, I got owner financing short term. I got the owner to hold the financing for me for eight months because basically once you've held it for six months, you can refinance it and the lender will use whatever it appraises at. Right. So not only can I get all my money back, but I could get more if I wanted to, but we don't do that. I just get my money back out so I can go do it again. So we had the owner finance the purchase price and then I borrowed all the repair money from a friend. So we have no money into that deal. Um, we were smack dab in the middle of the construction of the addition on our house. So I was trying to conserve cash. Um, then we refinanced it. We paid off the first to the owner. We paid off the second to our friend. Um, what am I making on that one? About $600 a month after we pay everything. So how much do I have out of my own pocket? Zero. Zero. Yep. And I'm making 600 a month after all expenses are paid. So again, stack them up. How many of those can I do? Same thing with Pine Hills. Uh, my purchase price was 80. It needed about 10 in repairs. So I went to one of my buddies that I knew had some money just sitting in a bank account doing nothing. And I said, will you loan it to me for eight months? I paid him 10% interest. Um, he loaned us 90,000. So he loaned us the whole repair and the purchase price. So we, again, we had nothing out of pocket on that one. Once we hit the six month mark, we refinanced that one too. And I think we're making like 550 a month on that one after all expenses are paid. So last year I created us 1100, 11 to $1,200 a month income, which is what? 11, 12 grand, 12, no, 14 grand. 13 to 14,000 a year income I created out of thin air with none of our own money into those deals. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. I gotta, I've got to get on that investment train for sure because I'd like to get money like that uh, over time, you know, not having to work as hard either, just to be able to have the ability to have money to have fun in life and not yeah. have to work. So, I mean, I love working hard, you know what I mean? But work smarter, not harder, like you are, is what I mean. So, that's you know, cool. here's the whole thing. You're in real estate. I'm in real estate. My husband's in the mortgage business. So we all are in a world where if we don't get up and go to work, the money stops coming in. Right. We all would agree with that, right? Yep. Agree. What happens if you got in a car accident tonight on the way home and couldn't work for six months? Yeah. Then you wouldn't be getting, uh, being out there hustling like you normally would. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're getting your point is what you guys have set up is that there's still income coming in, even if you got injured and couldn't go physically work for a little while because of an accident. Yep. So for right now, since we are both working, 
All that money that comes in off the rentals, we're just putting them into this little account that is called the, as soon as another deal comes along, here's the money account. So every month when my tenants pay me, it's just, it's just sitting there. We're not living off of it because we're both working right. and then we're using that money to leverage into the next one. As soon as we find the next deal. That's awesome. Huh? That's cool. It's just, I might, you know, put some dollar signs in front of it. My brain just starts cranking. I love it. The, the other thing is some of you guys might've just freaked out when you heard me say that we paid our buddy 10% interest. Um, it's not about the cost of the money. I've actually paid 18% interest before on a deal. It's not about the money. So how many of you, well, would you, if you didn't have the money for a deal and you found a sweet deal and you called me up and said, hey, Andy, I have a deal. If you've got the money, I'll split it with you. You put up the money, I'll put up the deal. And when the dust all settles, we'll split the profit 50-50. Would you do that? Yeah, I would do that. Okay. So in an example of like a standard house, you know, a $150,000 house, you might make a $30,000 profit. So you're going to give me $15,000 of the profit for putting up the money on a $150,000 deal. So how much interest did you just pay me? 10%. 10%, yep. Yep, 10% annualized interest. But we're going to be in and out of this house in less than a year. Right. So if we're in and out of it in six months, you didn't pay me 10%. You paid me 20% if you think about it. You paid me 10% for only six months use of my money. So if I turned around and did it again with you for the next six months and you paid me 15 grand again, I made 30 grand this year off of two deals. So now you paid me a lot of interest. Great. Wouldn't it have been cheaper just to go borrow hard money at 10% interest? Yep. Remember, 10% is the annual. If you pay, I'll use easy numbers. If you pay somebody 12% interest, that is 1% per month. So if you only use it for three months, you're only paying 3%. But everybody's so quick to bring in a partner, but nobody wants to pay high interest rates. So think about that next time. Listen, I'm not knocking it. If you guys want to bring me a deal and partner with it, I would love to talk to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> she'll take your money. No, I'm kidding. She'll, get, she'll definitely do a deal with you like that. No, that's all good. But that, Actually, that's what good. you don't know is behind the scenes, I'm probably borrowing the money from somebody. Right. That's I'm true. borrowing it from somebody at 8% and I'm going to, in all essences, loan it to you for 15% and I'm just making the spread between it. <laughs> That's cool. That's, <laughs> I like think, that. Think about it. Um, so real quick, I just want to show you some quick numbers. Sure. If you've got, let's, I'm going to use round numbers, $100,000 house and it has $200 a month for taxes and insurance and it's a neighborhood that will rent for $1,200. Okay. So I'm getting 1200, but I'm paying 200 in taxes and insurance. So I'm clearing a thousand bucks a month. That is 12,000 per year. If I pay cash for the house, so I pay a hundred grand, I'm getting in 12,000 and I paid a hundred to get that. If you divide 12,000 by a hundred thousand, that is a 12% return on your money. So if you put this hundred grand and pay cash for this house, you're going to get a 12% return on your money. Is that a good number? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you going to get at the bank for that hundred grand? Uh, point zero 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 one. 
Maybe not even that much, but yeah. I've got, um, I just moved some money into one of my credit unions and they're paying me like 0.99%. So basically they're paying me 1%. I could go pay cash for a house and get 12%. So it's a way better use of my money. Right. Oh, and we haven't even talked about depreciation. We get to tell the IRS that we lost $3,000 this year on our property. So that offsets other income. But I want you to just change your focus a little bit. Instead of paying cash for that house, what if you put $50,000 down on two $100,000 houses that rent for $1,200 each? So now I have mortgages, so I'm not making quite as much. Remember before I was making twelve grand after we pay taxes and insurance? Right. Now I'm only making $8,400 because I got to pay for mortgages too, but I'm making two $8,400. So I'm actually making $16,800. So if I buy one house, I'm making 12,000. If I buy two, I'm making 16,8. So now I'm, and allowing for some closing costs, I'm making a little bit over a 15% return. So for all the people that say, you know, interest is bad and mortgages are bad, I just took my same money and took it from 12% return to 15% return just by using some leverage wisely. By the way, if you only own one house and it goes vacant, you're in trouble. If you own two and one goes vacant, you still at least have some income coming in. Right. Agree. Or like right now with all of this COVID and the eviction moratoriums and none of us can do it's listen, it sucks for landlords right now. Right. Colorado is trying to propose that you will not be able to evict until August of 2021. So that'll be a year and a half that those property owners in Colorado would have been basically supporting all their tenants for free. So um, right now, luckily I only have one property that's not paying and they were already a problem before this. We were actually just about to evict them before this whole thing started. So they're just riding it out. And we have one that works in a restaurant. So she, she's basically paying us whenever she's got a little extra, but at least she's trying. Everybody else is paying. So that that's good news. Mm -hmm. But if I only owned one and it was these people that are going to milk me for months and months, I'd be in trouble, wouldn't I? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the more you have, it spreads it out. And then my, my third example is instead of putting 50% down on two properties, what if you put 20% down on five properties? Your return on investment goes up to almost 25%. So my same initial outlay is now getting me double the return just by using the power of leverage. So instead of 12% for paying cash, I'm getting almost 25%. Isn't that awesome? That's really awesome. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and um, those were all figured, what's this example at? Uh, we did those examples at 6% interest, which you know investors pay a little bit higher. Right now, it's still not that high. So those are even high figures based on what our market is right now. But when people freak out about my 10%, I have an example of that too. If you put 20% down on five houses and you're paying 10% interest, you're still a 14.3% return. So if I pay cash for the house, I'm at 12. If I use ridiculous high interest rates, I'm at 14.3. So it's still, so people who don't have as good a credit and go, well, I can't qualify for you know 4%. It doesn't matter if the deal's good enough it, it just doesn't matter. Right. I agree. 
even when I was still paying the hard money on those two deals last year that the high rates, I was still profiting a couple hundred bucks a month. As soon as we refinanced, now my profits went way up. No, oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, this has uh, been, this is a, a great show. I mean, I learned a lot today and I know our listeners and viewers based on their comments. Thank you guys for you know chiming in today with us. This is just a phenomenal topic and um, we'll have to do this again. Uh, definitely again, Andy, this is really awesome that you did that for or joined me today to talk about these, these tips, because there's a lot of things that I learned about. And from what I saw from comments that gave me, uh, gave them ideas and gave me ideas in my business. So I really love that, that you did that for us today. Awesome. And we're um, during all this lockdown. One of the things I've been working on is taking some of my real estate investing training into a virtual platform. So I'm working on that right now. So hopefully in a few weeks, that'll all be, ready to go since we really can't get together. Uh, when you, yeah, when you get that, let me know because I want to be part of the, or get in and watch, you know, be part of that, be on that training so I can learn these more or these tips from you. Cause you're giving me like tons of ideas in my head as we were talking and you were explaining it. It was giving me tons of ideas of how, like you talk about leveraging the money the right way where you're always bringing in money. Like, especially if somebody, you know, gets not just an accident, somebody gets ill and can't work for a long time and they get really sick and you know especially like not that i want anybody to get this pray that nobody does like if somebody did get covid19 the virus and you know sometimes people are asymptomatic and then there are times where people that are young and healthy that have you know respiratory problems but you have money coming in uh, when you have some you have to be down for a while until you recover so that's a very good good um advice for everybody thank you very much andy on that. Yeah. Well, that that actually all kind of came from Tim totaling his truck about three years ago. So it, okay. it changed, changed our focus. No, that makes sense because you have to always, I mean, nobody ever wants an accident or nobody wants to get ill, but you have to, yep. my late father, who, who was a doctor, he, he practiced medicine in a hospital and a trauma unit, but he also had his family practice certification that he kept up until he passed away. And he, he always said, I have this I mean, he never used the family practice certification and like he never opened his own practice, but he said, I have to have a, a fallback in case, you know, ER is on your feet demanding. And in case I can't walk any walk as much anymore, if I need to sit down more, I want to be able to, to go work in a family practice office because then I'll still be able to bring in income as a doctor uh, and not just be completely out of work and lose all income altogether. So that's a good point that you brought up today. I'm a huge believer in plan B. I mean, your plan A may be working great, but don't wait to start plan B. Cause when plan A dries up, then you're behind the eight ball on plan B and you got to play catch up. And right. right now I'll tell you with all the stuff that's been going on the last couple months, I've got friends with a solid plan A, a solid plan B and both of them died. Um, I have one friend, he has a DJ business. Like he goes in and does DJing at parties right. and he also has a travel agency. Guess right. what? <laughs> no parties and no travel. So he had a solid A and a solid B and both of them dried up to zero. So you got to have not only an A and a B, but once your A and your B are running, throw in a plan C too. Right. This, you never know what's going to go on. He never would have expected both of his businesses to tank at the exact same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, nobody did, uh, especially these are on, you know, and it may not be COVID next time. It could be another situation that can cause A and B to go dry up. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you never know, with un, especially with the markets and being unstable, going up and down, up and down right now. You, you definitely have, I'm, yeah, I'm a proponent of that too, the plan B and, and definitely after our chat today, I'm, I'm going to, uh, uh, reevaluate things for myself and my family because I want to make sure that I'm even more secure in case something happens and, um, and that I don't get stuck without money and then, lo- you know, lose your house that you live in, lose your car, you know, yep. things like that. So planning ahead is key for sure. I have um, a proposal for you. Okay. We'll come meet you at Universal one day and we can chit chat while we're walking around having fun and adult beverages. Oh my God. That's so awesome because I'd love, <laughs> you know, I, I was telling, I mentioned Yvonne Sandoval that, uh, cause she said that she knew you and uh, her and I told her that the other, just the other day that when I go to Universal, uh, this is a weird thing, I guess, because I'm focused on having fun and excitement when I'm at the park that um, my phone request, I get requests, uh, more leads, request or more lead hits and then also get more people saying hey nick i would like to go see this property tomorrow or the next day and it's so funny when i'm at work not i'm always working technically but when i'm out having fun and not thinking about work all mm-hmm. of a sudden this business just starts coming to me I, it must be something to do with it who knows maybe there's a universe ex- explanation for that about the way the world works or you know uh but uh, yeah i take you up on that we, we'll definitely do that because um, my uh, spouse Lee, he's interested in this whole investment thing too. We'll definitely do that. We'll uh, let me know just what's the best day for you. We got the passes, and you know, I'd love to do that for sure. Cool, yeah, I'm in. definitely. Yeah, then I'll, I'll follow up with you today. We'll kind of get a, get a tentative date to plan and then see what works best for our schedules, and we'll do it for sure. It'll be cool. Hey, you want to hear a secret? What's you, that? Know, you know, Aaron Luden, right? Yes. So about two years ago, Aaron and I organized a realtor skip day at Universal. We had about 20 something people go and we just had fun all day at Universal. We had so much fun. That's awesome. So if we if we want to um, if if you want to be private, we can do that. But if you want to open it up and we'll call it a realtor skip day, we can do that, too. Oh, yeah, we can do that. That's that's cool. Anybody that's listening and watching today, if you want to we'll, we'll let you know the day of it. And uh, and but yeah, we can still do. Uh, a private one too with the you know like the four of us or whatever going to the park that'd be cool too um that'd be awesome either way but it, that invitation is out there for you guys uh we'll let you know a, a date for a, a real estate a realtor skip day because i like that idea because yeah. we need a uh we need a because of all the stress in life and what's been going on covid and the civil unrest in the world i, I think it'd be a good like de-stressor diffuser for everybody um because you know you're your your endorphins and all that stuff or you know get excited when or get increased when you go on the rise and you know like the harry potter stuff and the mummy coaster and all that kind of stuff so well and while you're sitting there waiting in line for a half hour you might as well be talking about good stuff exactly yeah and my spouse will tell you he could test uh, have a testament to this saying yeah nick he'll take pictures of me or video of me with me looking at my phone when i have leads coming in he's like and he'll make a comment that nick working here at the park I'm like, because I mean, we we do converse with each other, obviously, but if, when I get alerts, I go check the phone, and like I said, my phone goes crazy when I'm at the park. So I like going to the park, having fun, but also getting work done at the same time because it's what what I love to do. So that's awesome. You know, I've even gone on a day that I have like a conference call or something scheduled, 
Right. I'll just go. And then whenever it's time for my call, I just go find a quiet corner and I tell, you know, whoever I'm with, I'm, I'll be sitting here for the next 30 minutes. Just text me and let me know where you are and I'll find you. Oh yeah. Um, Anthony, said, Anthony said he had the same situation. Um, he had some medical issues and he actually lost his real estate brokerage, but he didn't lose his cash flow business. So that it's, it's definitely way easier to rebuild when you still have at least half and not zero. Oh, he also made, did you see his comment to you as well? That's really cool. Thank you, Anthony, for that. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Um, right? <laughs> well, cool. Well, I'll get a t-shirt that says hashtag real deal. Oh my God, that's so awesome. Yes, I like that idea. You should definitely do it. And then you could wear that at the, the park on a realtor skip day. That'd be awesome. You can get buttons that say realtor skip day. That's cool. Yeah, we should. Or that would that'd be really awesome. So we'll make it feel more special for all of us. I like that idea. <laughs> um, so before we go here, I'm going to share this with you guys. Uh, so Andy, before we go, I know I have your information up on the screen. Is there any other ways that, for them to contact you or anything you want to say to the audience listening today? Honestly, the easiest way to get me is either through Facebook or through my email. Okay, cool. Which I have that up there, Andy at andytolbert.com. And just, just give everybody an idea. This is the uh, her page up here, and I've got it up to the Make Money Simple podcast, which is really cool. Um, we just started that. That's new, so that's been a lot of fun. Oh yeah, if you're ever looking for a guest, hint hint. I'm kidding. Well, not really <laughs> kidding, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's all good. Um, no, I've, I've, I, that's another thing. Well, before we go, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah, Andy, that you know, I know you guys got your preparations in place before the COVID, like we were talking before on the show, before we started the show today. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when this whole COVID thing and, you know, I, I didn't take this as a way to be, obviously we're all, you know, got the first initial scare of fear of the unknown, but I, I took advantage of the, of the fear in me and said, I challenged myself. I said, I'm just going to take my business and you know, sort of like on an airplane, like on a jet or whatever, push the throttle forward even harder and just accelerate my business and during this time and look at it as an opportunity to only grow instead of um, fall behind. So I really think that's really cool for everybody out there listening today. You know, keep that, you know, a plan A and B like Andy said, but also come up with plan B in case uh, both of your industries happen to be something that will fall apart during a, an economic uncertainty. I sure. think I'm up to G or H now. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's awesome. And uh, let me go ahead and pull this up, guys. This is, where's my... So with that, um, just want to say thank you very much, Andy, for joining me today. And I'm looking forward. Uh, Andy's going to be joining us on July 10th, 2020 at 2 p.m. Eastern on the other podcast that I do with Yvonne Sandoval of GetLeverage365.com, uh, The Real Estate Show with a View. Um, Yvonne and I are personally looking forward to that interview in regards to Realtor Safety uh, on Facebook and YouTube Live. Um, this has been Home to All Podcasts. I'm Nicholas Acosta, a licensed Florida realtor here in Orlando with EXP Realty. Uh, you can reach me at www.downtown.expert or 407-508-8809 or on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, Home to All 101. Uh, wishing you guys a great real estate health. Be kind to everyone around you. Keep practicing social distancing. Uh, please make sure to share, comment on this post. Um, also share and comment on uh, Andy Tolbert's Facebook page for those of her followers watching and listening today. Uh, and also subscribe today on Spotify. 
All right. With that, before I roll the uh, the credits, Andy, uh, I really, again, thank you very much. And uh, and I look for we will get in touch about the Realtor Skip Day one and then our, our private uh, get together at Universal as well to talk about real estate investment. So uh, you know, I'll, I'll add you. Tim and I have a, a private Facebook group just all about real estate investing. So I'll add you to that, too. Awesome. I look forward to it. I will as soon as you guys send that to me and I'll go ahead and check it out. I really appreciate it. So. All right, Andy. Well, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening and, and watching today. And with that, uh, I say goodbye. And then I'll see you guys back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. And uh, have a good day. Take care, Andy. Thanks for inviting me on. You're welcome. This has been Home to All, an all-inclusive real estate podcast. Check out Nick's Facebook and Instagram page, Home to All 101, and his website, www.downtown.expert. Thanks for listening. Hi.